On today's show, we will do a Lake Norris recap, and I'll explain to you why my body hates me right now. Hit it. This is the Sip and Serve podcast, where we sip what's cold and serve what's hot. My name is Rolski, and I'm joined by Corey with a K, and across the table, I got my main man, DG. DG, what's happening? Hey, man, it's uh, good to have you back in the Buckeye State. You look good. I don't feel good. You don't feel good. Don't feel too hot, well, bro. You look, you look good, but you always look good, so. I wouldn't go that far. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different. We uh, were recording on Tuesday, June 23rd, and this will be Thursday's episode. So it'll be for the 25th, Thursday, Thursday. We usually record on Fridays, but as you know, I've been out on vacation, so we're switching it up this week, DG. Yeah, two vacations back-to-back in the same locale. Is that correct? That is correct, sir. Down there in, is it? It's Lake Norris, correct? Lake Norris, okay. Tennessee, and the lake is bordered up to the town called La Follette, La Follette, Tennessee. Yeah. And the the uh, lake borders up to that little town there. Okay. Um so how was it, man? I mean, I know you had you, you went on two separate trips. Yeah, so I'll start off. Uh, my first trip was June the 11th through the 14th, and then my second trip was June the 17th through the 21st. Okay. So the first trip ended. I came home for two days, went to work, went back on Wednesday morning. So same location. Back to the grind for two days, and then you turned right around and went right back down. Exactly. So for our listeners who have never been to Lake Norris or aren't familiar with it, how big of a lake is it actually? Okay. Well... Lake Norris is about 880 miles of shoreline, if you can picture that in your head. Ooh. Around the lake is 880 miles. That's a lot of shoreline. Yeah. And the the acreage of the lake, it, it covers 35,000 acres. Jeez. Roughly, roughly 35,000 acres. So we're talking a big lake. Us guys from Southern Ohio, listeners from Southern Ohio, it's not Pan Creek and it's not Deer Creek. Okay. Yeah. I mean, this this is a massive lake. I think it's, don't fact check me, but I think it's like top 10 in the United States, maybe. Biggest so, lake. It sounds like you could spend a whole week just riding, riding if, along if, the, the. If you're a lake person, yeah. you definitely could. Okay. So the difference between Lake Norris that I'm familiar with and when you've been on trips with me, we've went to Lake Cumberland. So Lake Cumberland is a little bit bigger, I believe. I think it's like a twelve hundred shoreline, like eighty or yeah, sixty maybe sixty acres, sixty thousand acres. Okay. So I mean it's bigger, but the difference is Norris is more like a uh, mm, family family oriented lake. Like there's houses all over the lake, um, vacation homes. It, I mean it's a good spot for vacation homes and family trips. Yeah. Cumberland is more along the lines of a a younger crowd, a party trip maybe, like a weekend getaway. Yeah, they, they do they do uh, a bunch of like big parties on the lake down there. And these they have uh, Harmon Creek Party Cove. I mean, 
I think you went there. I don't know were if I've ever Har- actually were been. Were we at the Harmon Creek in the the? I don't know if I've ever actually been in Harmon Creek. Okay. I mean, I, I've heard of it. Okay. I don't know if that's where the one time I went down there. I don't know if that's where we docked up or if it was some a different part of the lake. I'm were not you sure. there the time the people supposedly stole the GoPro? Yes. That was Harmon Creek. Okay. So we were there. Yeah. All and right. all the boats were lined up through there all weekend long. And they just, everybody ties up. See, that's that's like an all weekend thing. At Norris, you're not going to find a spot like that. They call it the party bridge. And people like kind of do that, but not not near as many boats. I mean, when we went, um, it was probably, I don't know, 20, 25 boats there. Okay. And Harmon Creek, hell, that time we were there, it was probably 50 to 100 probably. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the difference. It's more of a party lake on Cumberland and family-oriented vacation spot for Norris. Okay. So, the first the first trip I went on is a trip we take every year with the same crowd, really. Um, we took 14 of us down. We rented a floating house, which basically is it's just a house that has uh, big old barrels and buoys around it floating floating in the lake out in the middle. So... You walk out your front door of this house, there's a wraparound deck, and I mean, there's a grill, there's a patio, there's chairs, there's fans, there's a big old slide on the top, there's a deck on top you can jump off. It's basically just a nice little house in the middle of a lake, if you can imagine that. Anchored down, right? Anchored down, yeah, yeah. it's not moving. So, I would I would tell people that this would be a great spot for a family to, but if you don't have a boat, it's not going to be any fun. Because you can't leave the house if you don't have a boat. And so that first trip you took down there, y'all took a boat with you, right? Yeah. My buddy Clint has a nice boat, and he he drug it down there. And we used his boat for transportation from the marina to the house and then out onto the lake to have fun during the day. Gotcha. So how far of a boat drive was that from the marina out to the floating house? Uh five minutes oh, okay. i mean it wasn't it wasn't far these floating houses i would say is flat hollow marina is what it was called it's where we stayed and i would say in that cove that is along with flat hollow marina i would say there's probably i don't know just off the top of my head maybe 30 floating houses okay that they rent out people own them and then they pay the marina to rent them out for them so from from this floating house you can go out on the deck or whatever and see other floating houses yes okay you got neighbors. Gotcha. Probably, I mean, some are different, but our neighbors were probably, I don't know, 60, 70 feet away, water, you know, in the water, 60, 70 feet away. Okay. So they weren't close, but they weren't far. Gotcha. So if we were listening to music, they could hear our music. If they listened to music, we could hear theirs. I mean, there, okay. there wasn't much distance in between us. So, I mean, what's the, um, on one of these floating houses, I mean, what's the... What are the what's the quality of the rooms like? I mean, is like I'm gonna a tell hotel you right now. Or? I'm gonna tell you right now. It's just like a house, but this one we got this past this past trip was beautiful inside. You could tell it's been kept up nice. It's been newly renovated. The outside, like if you looked at it from the outside, you were probably thinking, "Man, wonder what the inside looks like." And we opened the door and we were like surprised because the outside, I mean, it's it's on a lake, so it's wet all year round. The sun's beating down on this thing. Oh, there's no shade. I mean, it's faded on the outside. You could tell where they've replaced some boards in the deck, and they haven't got to stain it. I mean, it's the outside wasn't as nice as the inside. Let's just say that. And the inside, when you walk in the door, it's a walk-in kitchen. 
big old nice kitchen, nice dining room table. Then you got a living room. It's just a big old room in the front. Then we had a loft with the stairs. You walk up the stairs. There was a futon. And then you keep walking. It had a hole upstairs. You walk in. There's a, a room with a door. And it had two twin beds in there. So had an upstairs, two twin beds and a futon. Walked back down the stairs through the living room. There's a hallway. There was three bedrooms. One was a master. It had a king bed. The other was a queen bed. And then there was a bedroom where I stayed with my brother-in-law and his girlfriend, my wife. We stayed in this room, and there was two full beds in there. So, I mean, it's a big house, and it had two two restrooms, two showers, two toilets. I mean, it, it was a nice house, man. And I would say if we ever go back, we'll probably look into getting that one again. So, four, you said 14 people went down? Yeah. So, all 14 sleeping comfortably. Nobody's having to sleep on the floor or air mattress. Anything no like one that. slept on an air mattress, and no one slept on the floor. Okay. Besides me one night. Oh, well, that was that planned? Or? That was not planned. Oh, okay, I didn't so, think so. So, little story for you. You know, I'm a late-nighter. We've said that. We were just sitting beside the kitchen table one night, and it wasn't even late, man. It was like 1 a.m., but if you're out on the lake, you know— you lose track of time. You, you, you're drinking You're drinking some drinks all day long. Sun gets you. You get tired. So we were sitting around the table one night, and I think it was me and Eric and Spilly, I believe. Anyhow, they went to bed, and I said, man, I'm going to stay up a little bit longer. I said, you guys go to bed. I'm going to stay out here and watch a movie and put a chew in. It's the last thing I remember. <laughs> I went and sat on the couch, and I opened my eyes the next morning. And a girl that went with us was sitting in the chair across from me. I was on the couch, and she was in the chair. She was reading. I opened up my eyes, and the sun was beating on me. I said, what are you doing staring at me? <laughs> and she's like, Clay, I'm not staring at you. That's where, that's where you fell asleep at. <laughs> I got a picture of you, and you need to see it. So I looked at the picture. Man, I was all slumped, and you could just see my can of dip right on the couch beside me. I was like, I, I just I got it out of my pocket, but it just I just it, never it just never got it in. <laughs> Passed out there. Woke up at like seven. Felt great, man. Hit the lake. Yeah. But that was my one uh, bad sleeping story. But yeah, we slept comfortable. Good. So full kitchen. So I'm I'm assuming, you know, people are cooking food and you're having having good breakfast, good lunch. Yeah. I mean, we had good breakfast, man. We had eggs, toast, uh, bacon one morning. And then uh, we also had spaghetti one night. We also had a grill on our deck. Oh yeah. I mean we I mean we I mean, yeah, man. We went to the grocery, we stocked up. We stayed excuse me, we stayed for uh three nights. I mean, we had a lot of food left. I mean I mean it's just like a vacation, man. I mean we had full kitchen, everything was given to us. I mean they had utensils, we didn't have they had toilet paper. I mean, everything was supplied for you. That's in your cost. Yeah. For the house. Awesome. So, I mean, that first trip, I mean, take us through a day. You know what I mean? Like, you wake up in the morning. Okay. You, you cook. You have a good breakfast. And then, like, what's what's the rest of the day hold? I mean, you're out here on this beautiful lake. You guys have a boat at your disposal. I mean, what? take us through that. I okay. Mean, what's the a first, day on the, the lake The first like? full day. The first full day, um, we had all 14 of us there. We got there on Thursday. And we got there kind of late. So, we just hung around the house that day waiting for people to come. So the first full day would have been Friday. So we uh, loaded up the coolers, packed our lunches. So because when you're on the lake, man, you're not coming back to eat. This lake's so big, you could be an hour or so away on the lake. So you pack your lunch, uh, pack up the coolers, and uh, we go out on the lake. And everybody wanted to try surfing because Clint's got a surf boat, Centurion surf boat. 
and uh, we all tried surfing. That was that was about the first two hours of the first day, and that's the only time we tried to do it because we found out a bunch of us couldn't do it. Like I tried to I tried to surf for the first time in my life, and I couldn't get up, and I was getting frustrated. And then uh, your sister's boyfriend he went with us, and he couldn't get up either. So me and him were just looking at each other like, man, this thing is it's harder than what it looks because it really is if you've never done it. So then Lexi gets out there. And she's just flying on this surfboard. I mean, she is good, man. She threw in the rope for the first time. She had, she was doing great. Leanne tried it. She got up. Katie tried it. She got up. And me, me and Tanner just couldn't get up, man. But I mean, we had fun doing it. We had fun trying. Clint's, right. Clint's awesome at it. Yeah. Um. So after that, we just took off down down the. There's a river that feeds in to Norse. It's basically almost all river. There's um. The river feeds into Norris, and it turns into, they call it the open lake. We usually don't go there because that's where the rough water is. You stay on the river, man. It's just flat water. You can ride smooth. Don't have to worry about nothing. Um, so the first day, we packed the coolers, and we were worried about spacing because we had 14 people. So we didn't want to pack a bunch of coolers to take up space in the boat. Well, when you got 14 people and everybody's having a few drinks here and there, I mean, you got to pack a lot of beer. Yeah. So we got in the first two hours. Beer's gone. Well, well, ran dry. Yeah, well, it's it's dry. It's dry, man. So we had to, we had the first day. We made the mistake. We didn't pack enough coolers, so we went back, refilled. Never made that mistake again. So I mean, to go on about the day. I mean, we just took off, man. Sightseeing, beautiful houses, mansions. I mean, mansions on the side of this lake. Beautiful, beautiful scenery, the trees. I mean, just the water. The water is almost, I wouldn't say it's clear, but it's not, it's not dirty by any means. I mean, you can see yourself in the water when you're swimming. Yeah. It's like, it's got like a bluish green tint to it. It's beautiful water. Like I said, there's, there's not a place that I've been to that has the scenery that Norris does when you're on the water. Like Cumberland, it's all fun and it's all fun, but it's all trees and rocks. Like there's no, there's no houses. I mean, there's a few but nothing like Norris. It's Norris is populated, I should say. Okay, so Norris is like a, as far as lakes go, it's a hot commodity. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people. If you go down there and you just look at the license plates all around on the highway going there, people pulling their boats. All the license plates are Ohio, dude. All really? of them. Yeah. Yeah. So I was going to ask you, like, I know a lot of, I know a lot of, I mean, our friends, our friend group. But I also know like a lot of other people that live in Ohio that go down to Norris all the time. I mean, what do you think the big attraction is for people from Ohio? It's the closest, nicest lake around. I mean, if you're a lake person and and you want you want good scenery, you want um, it's it's populated with people. If you're a good people person, everybody's friendly on the lake. Everybody's waving at each other. No one's no one's acting a fool. Everyone's courteous of boats. Like if someone's skiing, you stay far away. You're not hot rodding beside them, throwing wake at them. I mean, everybody's courteous on the lake. And a good thing about Norse is the patrol down there is really, really like level headed. Like they, if you're if you're not doing nothing stupid, they won't bother you. Because as you know, it's um, any lake around. That's a state lake. You're really not supposed to have alcohol on board. Right. But they. They don't say nothing unless you're being an idiot. Yeah. 
So, I mean, on one day we went to the jumping bridge, which is the party bridge, party cove, you should say. And like I said, there's probably 25 boats there. Everybody was linked up. Everybody was having a good time talking. Patrol pulled up and all he did was just make a quick U-turn, just checking everybody out, making sure everybody's not being idiots. Went on his way. Didn't say a word to nobody. I mean, there was open, open container, not just us. I mean, everyone, everyone in that cove. I'd imagine that's pretty hard to, uh, yeah, it's hard to regulate down there. Yeah. But anyway, we, uh, met up with some friends, um, that live on the lake. The people I stayed with in the second trip, they were down there. We met up with them one day at the party cove, played some beer pong on board, played all kinds of stuff, man. It was a good time. Good. Good. Let me, uh, let me back you up a little bit because this is something that I didn't really get my head around until just here recently until our buddy bought that boat. But you mentioned surfing. Now, I know people ski and people wakeboard. I've heard of people kneeboarding, but I've never heard of anybody surfing behind a boat. So can you tell us a little bit, like, if somebody's surfing back there, are they holding on to the rope? I mean, okay. how's that How's that whole thing right. work? I might not be the guy to explain this the right way, but I'm going to try like hell, okay? So basically, you start out like you're wakeboarding, okay? But your feet aren't strapped in. It's a surfboard. But it's a short surfboard. It's a little. It's about like a kneeboard, the length of a kneeboard. You know them skim boards you get at the beach and you throw. I got one. Okay, and you jump on it and you slide across the shallow water. Yep. yep. Okay, so imagine that, but a little bit thicker okay. and made out of fiberglass. Okay, so it's really light, really light. And they got these. Uh, I guess you'd call it like a stomp pad, like soft pads on them that you can get grip on with your feet. Okay. But you're not. You're not fastened in. So you're laying on your back in the water. You've got the surf rope, about like a wakeboard rope with the handle on, and you're laying back in the water, and this board's flipped straight up and down, and your feet are on it. So whenever that boat takes off, it's going to pull you and that board, and the pressure behind the water is going to pull you up, and that board's going to sit flat. That's the goal. I could never get up. I almost did a few times, but I could just never land it the right way. Yeah. But if you're good at it, I mean – you. Clint, he just hops right on that thing and it pops him up. So once you're up and you're surfing, it's about like wakeboarding, but you don't want to stay far back. You want to pull yourself into the wake and get down into the wake where you can surf. It's kind of like surfing in the ocean okay? because you got that wave there, but that the wave in the lake's not running out. The boat is producing that wave for you nonstop. So if, once you get in, it's just like surfing in the ocean. And the good people like Lexi and Clint, they throw the rope in to the boat so they're hands free just surfing the wake behind the boat so the boat is creating the wake yes and then the wake is giving them the momentum to propel them forward so they're not attached to the boat at all at that point nope okay so they only use the rope to get up out of the water yes gotcha and then once they get in and get comfortable in that wake and they feel comfortable enough they throw that rope back in the boat and then it's just gliding from there man yeah you just it's, car- you're just carving it it's up. cool to watch if you can do it, it's pretty freaking sweet. I've seen some videos, and it and it does look cool. It is awesome if yeah. you can do it. Yeah. And all them boats down there, it seems like everybody's got a boat like that down there. It's just a pop. It's like I said, it's a popular thing to do on the lake now. Yeah, you don't see many people wakeboarding. You don't see many people kneeboarding or skiing anymore. It's all surfing, and it's just getting popular and popular. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because like last time I was on a lake, and it's been a couple of years. I mean, you see people skiing, you see people wakeboarding. But I've never actually seen anybody do that in person. I've seen videos, but but yeah, that's cool. It's awesome to watch. 
But you couldn't quite couldn't quite get I up. I couldn't huh? get up, man. I got well. The, the problem was I've never been before. And Clint told me he goes, "Dude, you're not gonna be able to do it on your first try." He goes, "I'm not trying to be mean or nothing, but he's just like you're not gonna be able to do it." So I, I said, "Well, I'm gonna try." He's like, "That's fine, you can try." And he was he was very nice. He was trying to teach me, but the problem was I felt like I was holding everybody up. I mean, there's 14 people on board, and I just didn't want to be that guy that kept falling, that kept having to turn around, having to come get me. Try again, turn around. You know, I didn't want to hold everybody up. Right, right. So, hey, you'll get there, brother. Yeah, we you're, got, you're athletic. We got you're, all summer. You're an athletic guy. Well, Lexi told me she tried probably fifty times before she got up. Uh, I tried about five or six, probably. Yeah. So we'll see. Oh yeah, you'll get there. So uh, anything else you want to mention about the first trip? Wrapping up. Yeah, I mean the first trip that I went on was. Um, you could call it a re- relaxation trip. Okay. Like kind of like a vacation. Yeah, I was relaxed, man. I was just out there to have a good time. It was my first vacation of the year from working since December. It was the last day I had off. And, uh, I mean, it was just, it was. I was there to relax, have a few drinks, hang out with my buddies, and just relax on the lake. That's what the first trip was for. And I got I got two stories, one from each is puke stories. <laughs> Get a little humor in here. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> this guy, Brian, he went with us, and uh, he's a big bourbon guy. Okay? Okay. He likes drinking bourbon. Well, we like we like we, bourbon, we, too. We like bourbon on Sip and Serve. So he was drinking bourbon, and uh, he surprised me because it, it was the first the first night he whipped out the bourbon. I'm like, oh, man, okay. And he he's drinking it neat. He's drinking it neat, boys. And the thing that surprised me was he had a beer in his hand, too. He was drinking them at the same time. Like he would drink a beer, take a big old gulp of beer, talk. Thirty seconds later, take a little take a little lip off that uh, bourbon he was drinking. I was like, man, how can you do that? He's like, practice, practice, boys. Practice makes perfect. (laughs) Oh yeah. So on with the story. Later the weekend, I think it was the last night. I think it was on the Saturday night. He was drinking. I first seen him drinking both on the first night we were there. But two days later, we made spaghetti. Okay. For our our last supper, we made a nice dinner. We made spaghetti. And late night, people were already asleep, and there was a few people outside still. I was inside. I had to brush my teeth or something before bed. And Lexi comes out, and she goes, Hey, Clay, I think someone's puking out there on the back deck. You better go check on them. I'm like, really? Yeah, I'll go out there. And she, we looked out the window, and we seen Brian puking off the deck. Into the water? <laughs> yeah. Nice. We're like, okay. I said, watch this. So I go outside, and I sit down. He walks around. I said, well, what was you doing back there? What you be doing back there, Brian? He goes, oh, nothing, nothing. I was just taking a walk. I had to pee. Just checking the water. I said, oh, yeah? I said, next time you try to lie about puking, won't you get that off your shirt? <laughs> he had spaghetti noodles on his shirt, no. dude. <laughs> Yeah. Like noodles? Yeah. He he just had a little leftover there on his shirt. <laughs> so he threw up on himself. Well, kind of, yeah. He had, a, he had a few noodles there. Everybody started laughing because he tried to deny it. Yeah. They were like, dude, you got spaghetti <laughs> on your shirt, man. Well, I mean, I'm over here, you know, I like whiskey. I drink bourbon. And I just, like, if I'm on a lake and it's the summertime, it's the middle of summer and the weather, you know, it's hot outside and. You're in and out of water, in and out of water all day, and like I can't imagine just sipping on bourbon 
throughout the entire day. You know what I mean? Yeah. When I think sipping bourbon, I think like it's kind of cold outside. I'm sitting by a fire. I'm just like, you know, having a glass or two and going to bed. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I don't think this is what I'm this is what I'm gonna pick the day drink on if I'm out on a trip like this yeah. where I'm drinking the majority of the day. You know what I mean? Yeah, what would Pierce think about that? He said he don't like drinking it in warm weather. Yeah, I think he'd say the same thing. Yeah. Like if he's if if it's in, in the middle of summer, he's going he's going to go a different route. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, in in Brian's defense, this was later in the evening, but like I said, he 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 had a little leftover on his t-shirt. Oh. So anyway, that that about wraps up the first trip. I mean, it was a great time. Um, the problem with the difference between the first trip and the second trip. Second trip was a bachelor party. Okay, so that's a completely different dynamic. It's a, I mean, we're there for two totally different reasons here. Different, different animals. It's time to turn the switch on, and when you're going on the bachelor party, this is somebody's last blast. Yeah, exactly. So I came back home after my first trip, went to work for two days, turned around and came back Wednesday morning. Me and my buddy Buddy rode down, and this was actually the first time I've ever drove to Norris by myself. And not like not with people. We didn't have a group with us, I should say. It was just me and another guy in a truck driving down. And we made hellacious time. Usually when you got a lot of people pulling a boat, we're stopping to pee, get something to eat. Gas up. Yeah. You gotta worry about several other people, not just yourself. So it usually takes a little bit longer. How long are we talking on a trip like that? With all of us? Yeah. From from where we live. About six hours. Okay. But when it's just you and you ain't, don't have to worry about no one else, we we made it. We made it in about uh, four hours and forty five minutes. That's not bad. No, it was, it was. We made great time. Great timing. So anyway, we get down there, bachelor party. My buddy, my buddy Jeremiah is getting married, so we celebrated. We took sixteen people with us, and uh, one of our friends' families has a house down there on the lake. Okay, so this was a it's, like a house on the on the coastline. Yes. Okay. Yes. And I'm guessing they probably most of those houses have docks. Right? Yes. Yes. He had a dock. Um, beautiful house. Beautiful. Beautiful house. I wanted to thank Tea Time for having us all down, and Marcus. Thank you guys for uh, taking care of us all week, putting up with our hooligan asses. I mean, we we probably caused. A lot of havoc down there for the last four days, and we just want to thank you guys for having us. We all appreciate what you guys did for Jeremiah. And DG, when I say this thing is on a mountain, I'm not kidding you. This thing is on a mountaintop. Okay, so picture this. They got a, a makeshift parking lot at the top beside the road, and it's just a gravel, and then there's a, uh, I don't know what you'd call it, like an interior wall that blocks like gravel from falling down into their yard. Okay. So, like a, like a retaining wall. Retaining wall, yeah. So the parking lot's up there, and you're looking down. You're on top of this mountain, basically, and you're looking down. There's the house, the garage, and then you can see the lake in the background. So the driveway is steep. I mean steep, steep. So when I first get there, I was told to drive my truck down the driveway to unpack my stuff. So I'm like, okay. I'm talking brakes the whole way, son. I mean, no gas at all, just all brakes. I mean, stomping the brakes, barely moving down this thing. Right. So we get down there, unpack my stuff. And I tell Jeremiah, I say, hey, man, I don't feel comfortable driving this thing back up because I've seen people on this thing, and all you do is squeal the tires. And this truck, this truck's going to squeal its tires, and I'm not trying to tear up this guy's driveway. Yeah. So he's like, oh, yeah, I'll drive it up. I'll drive it up. 
he hops in there. First thing he does, that thing just does a big old Burns burnout. Out. <laughs> I'm just like, I told you, man. And then I asked him, I said, you should probably put this in four-wheel drive so, so it don't burn the back tires off. Yeah. He's like, nah, I don't need it. I don't need it. I'll get it up. Wouldn't go nowhere. It was just burning the tires. So we put it in four-wheel drive. He takes off, gets it up the hill, whatever. So that's when the day starts. And the first day, we were just uh, kind of all waiting for other people to get there. We got there kind of early. We got there like 2.30. There was a few people already there, but not even close to everybody. So we just hung around the house, drank a few beers, caught up with each other. Then the first night, everybody got there. We just kind of, like I said, it was uh, it was kind of late. It was kind of late. It was kind of evening time before a lot of people got there, so we just hung out around the house that first Wednesday, I believe. Second day, we all packed up, got our coolers, and we went to the jumping cliffs. There's a place on the lake where uh, they got like a ladder built up a cliff that you'd climb up and then jump off. So we went there and hung out all day long. And when I say, uh, I mentioned earlier about how we pack coolers. Oh, on this trip, we pack coolers, son. I mean, we had... We took three boats at a time. We had three boats. So we packed a lot of coolers. When I say a lot, I mean probably like five or six full-size coolers jam-packed to the rim. I mean, this is a bachelor party, and you're feeding 16 mouths full of whatever they like to drink. Right. And, I mean, we had to have a lot. Plus, you got more room. I mean, you're divvying... How, what do you say, 16 guys? Yeah, we had three boats. 16 guys up on three boats. I yeah. mean, that's a lot more room for coolers. Yes, and it was a lot more comfortable, you're right. Um, so we had three boats at the jumping cliffs the first day. And it was, the, the thing about this trip, the first trip, it was beautiful all week. And this trip, it was hit or miss. Like, it was raining for half a day, and then it would get sunny. It was... It was it was still a it was still a nice trip, but the rain kind of put a dent in a f- few hours of our days each day. So we really didn't have much. We, there we got caught in the water several times. Yeah, in rain. Well, I mean, it's so you know, it's the lake. You were saying it's so big, like yeah. you get stuck in a little squall or yeah. something. You're not gonna have time to get back to wherever you came. Oh, from. Oh yeah, I mean, we were we were at least forty five minutes away from the house on the jumping cliffs. Right. So the jumping cliff day, we did that. And then the next day, we went golfing. Did a little golfing. Okay. First time ever I've ever golfed, and it's a nice little place. Deerfield Deerfield Golf Course, I believe it's called. It's right there on the lake, lakeside. I think hole number six, it's right along the lake, and you got to hit over it. Corey, was the K, you been there? Yeah, it's like hole six or seven. It's a par three. Uh, one of the times when we went down and got a houseboat. Me and two other people, we went over and golfed while everybody was still uh, just hanging out on the boat on the out, pack, out back on the cabin. All right, good deal. I'm glad you've been there. Now you know what I'm talking about. So anyway, you, you're, there's a few holes right there on the lake. You hit over uh, like a little cove of the lake. You hit over it. Nice scenery, beautiful. Nice course. Oh, yeah. yeah. Nice course. Huge course, Dylan. I mean, you're driving all over creation looking for the next hole i mean it, it i mean it's so big it covers a lot of acres well i've golfed with you before too and i imagine you explored pretty much every square inch of it you know trying to find your your, your shots um you're absolutely correct yeah, on that yeah. my golf game you know i told that golf story earlier about how i played my ass off that one day yeah Never again. Not this time. Never again. A little rusty this time. But anyway, getting into that story, we had a it was like a little it was like a little bachelor party game we played. Everybody picked a random partner out of a hat and we got matched up. So we had eight different teams. 
And the one day we played cornhole. We had a big old cornhole double elimination tournament. It was pretty fun. And then the next day we went golfing and we had a scramble. And then we went to the next night we had a beer pong tournament double elimination. And the winner with the most points. So if you finish first, you got eight points. You finish last, you got one point. We added all the points up and uh, the winner got a bourbon package. It had like a low ball glass, a shot glass. And what do they call the, uh, it kind of looks like a bottle, but it's got like the weird top on it, like a glass. Oh, like a decanter. Yeah. 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 So that was all in one package and a $25 uh, Chipotle gift card. The winner's got. on. Yeah. It's like it was, a little. It was a competition. It, it made it, it made a little competition throughout the weekend. Yeah, like a little beer drinking triathlon. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. It, was, it was a great time. I mean, I'm glad we did that because I got partnered up with, uh, Jake from Michigan, one of Logan's friends he played football football with. And uh, Jeremiah knew him from going up there and watching Logan play football. And uh, awesome guy. I'm glad I got partnered up with him. Me and him had a great time. So after that. So, I mean, you, maybe you're going to get to it. I don't know. But where'd you, where'd you, where'd you two wind up? We ended up getting third. Oh, the winner, bad. The winner shot a 37. We shot a 41. Okay. And I'm pretty bad. So he must be decent. He's, yeah, he's decent. Yeah. Yeah, he can hit the crap out of the ball. I mean, he his drive is awesome. Okay. So he kept us alive. I didn't do much, Dylan. What, what, what's what's the best part of your golf game, real quick? Like you you do you do do you excel on the greens? Are you a putter? <laughs> is it is it hole by hole? It's hole by hole, okay. man. It's like, probably the nineteenth hole where all the beer is. Yeah, I mean that's that's <laughs> that's not a lie, Walters. So to be honest, my golf game it's all over the place, DG. I mean, I don't have a strong suit. I mean, I'm bad, man. I'm bad. But let me tell you this. I thought I was going to carry over from the COVID tournament last year because on hole one, my partner was up first and he shanked his drive. I mean, it was bad. So I'm like, all right, here we go. I step Pressure's up. Pressure's on you. I step up and I just cranked that son of a gun straight down the fairway. Okay. I mean, it was it was a, it was a drive. One of my better drives of my life. Just cranked it right down the fairway. I said, I'm back. Here we go. <laughs> Round two. COVID two. You're feeling good. Came up. I hit first on my irons. Put it right up beside the green. I said, this is my hole. He didn't land the green, so we played my ball again. Next thing you know, chip it right up there. Huh. Right. I played the whole first hole by myself. So the whole first hole was mine. Yeah, so you're feeling good. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah. And so hole two comes, nope. Out of bounds. That was it. And then that was it. I mean, my game went, <laughs> my game, it just went to hell from there. Isn't that how it goes? It is, man. Golf is so mental. Yeah, it it's is. So, it's such a mental game, man. Anyways, after we got done playing golf, we finished third. The winner shot 37. We shot 41. We went down to the Tiki Bar. Now, this is a difference between Cumberland and Norris as well. There's bars on the water. All around the lake. Okay. Several different bars. So you can just pull your boat up or you can drive. We would usually pull our boat up, but we were at we were golfing, so we just drove over. And the tiki bar went in there, nice spot, sat down, had lunch, and we had a great time. So we went golfing, we went to get lunch. After that we went back to the house and we had a uh had a, a dock party down on their dock. And behind their house is the lake, of course. And then, like I said, it's on a mountain. So this, I wouldn't really call it a driveway, but 
it's like one side of a driveway, but it's paved for like a gator to get up and down. So this thing's so steep. And when you're walking down this to the dock, walking down this little sidewalk slash driveway, your feet are almost coming out of the front of your shoes. It's so steep. Like you got to keep your balance. You got to keep your weight back. So walking up that, I stayed in shape all weekend. Let's just say that. Yeah. So we had a dock party. Everybody came down. We had the loudspeakers on, just having a good time, playing some beer pong, hanging out. And another thing about this trip, man, I've, I haven't seen a bunch of these guys for a long time. Several guys that were there, I haven't seen in years. Like uh, Zach, I graduated with him, and I haven't seen him since probably graduation. A lot of these guys living out of state, probably. Yeah, out of yeah. state. Um, met up with uh, Adam. He's a, a D2 basketball coach down in Georgia right now. And uh, me and him talked talked each other's ears off because we haven't seen each other for so long. Yeah. We had some real good conversations. And everybody, I mean, I met new people. I haven't seen The Bachelor for, I don't know, six months. Yeah. So, I mean, just, just guys I don't regularly get to see. It was nice spending the weekend with them. Definitely. Yeah. So after the dock party, that the next day was our last day. We went down to the jumping bridge for a full throttle day. I mean, we were there at 11, didn't leave till like 7.30. Now, in the first story, I told you that I had, I had two puke stories. I've already told one. Here's the second. The way from the house to the bridge was a rough ride. Waves. I mean, a lot of traffic, a lot of traffic on the lake Saturday morning. People are out. People are going. It's not. It's not a calm lake. Let's Pretty just say choppy. that. Yeah. And before we left, we had a huge breakfast. Huge breakfast. So this guy, <laughs> this guy, his name's Cody on the trip. I mean, he. You could just tell he wasn't feeling right the whole way there. So we get there, and you know, we 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 drop anchor. We get set up for the day. Here comes the Ciroc bottle. You know, we're we're, oh, we're take yeah. And he, I, you could tell he didn't want to do it, but he, he wanted to be a part of it. So we. Took Ciroc bottle around, and I'm telling you, bud, not three, four minutes later, he was in the water puking. Uh, in the water. You know, like he didn't want to. Like there was, there was people at the bridge too, so he didn't want to puke over the boat. So this guy would. We had, we were on a pontoon boat at okay. the time, okay. so he would jump off, and he would like nuggy his way in between the pontoon boat and just, just let it all out. Hit right there in the water. <laughs> right there in the water. It was kind of underneath the boat, so no one could see it, but. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't good. So he would come up. He came up the first time. He was like, Woof, that was rough. I looked at him, I said, dude, go back in the water. Go back in the water. He's like, Why, man? Why? I said, dude, you got puking your eyebrows and your beard. <laughs> I said, get your butt back in the water, man. Rinse off. <laughs> so there he goes. He gets in, he gets back in the water. He comes up, he goes, Am I good? Am I good? I said, Yeah, you're good. So he comes back up, sits down, just relaxing. Two minutes later, you just see his mouth just full of puke. He just, whoop, he just uh, bubbled up. Anyway, he dove back in the water. He did that three or four times. Three or four times. And every time he would come up and he would have, he had a, he had a, he's got a, uh, a beard, nice beard. And it was just it caked in his beard every time. Cause he's in the water, you know, he's basically floating in his puke. So <laughs> I had a time to dive back in, rinse off a few times. Anyway, after a few times, he he was ready to roll. He was he was normal the rest of the day. Back into the beer, back into the Ciroc, he was good. He just had to get that breakfast up. Just had to rally. Yeah, them waves, man, it tore uh, him up on the way there. Oh, so anyway, people people were pulling up to us because um, we had a good party going, loud music. I mean, they would dock their boat up to ours, 
And I'm telling you, we probably had five, four or five boats docked up with us. Everybody's just jumping boats, having a good time. People we didn't even know. Yeah. And we were just talking to them. I mean, it was a great time. The jumping bridge is probably my favorite spot on Norris Lake to have a good time during the day. So if anybody is looking to go to Norris and or you and you usually go to Cumberland, you're used to the parties, the jumping bridge is where it's at. Gotcha. So with that being said, I mean that pretty much wraps up the bachelor party. A lot of beer drink, a lot of guys just shooting the shit. Good competition in the games. Shout out to George and Trevor for winning the competition. Beat everybody's ass and everything. Here's George with a bum wrist throwing cornhole, just banging bags in that hole like left and right, like he wasn't even injured. You believe that? I, I <laughs> knowing him, I, I, yeah, I believe that. But I can't imagine how those that that pair would be any good on the golf course together. Oh, brother, they firing. You have no they idea. Out there firing. Well, George couldn't swing a club, so all he did was putt and do chips. Trev is unreal. Is that right? You see, you would never know. So when we got paired up with him, I'm like, hey, this is our chance to take the lead. This is our chance. Uh-uh. No. One second. Uh-uh. He's a freaking rocket on the golf course, man. I, you I see, did. you would never know that. I, yeah, I wouldn't. Trevor is a hell of a golfer. Okay. I mean, he is awesome. He well, hey. he played the whole day basically by himself. I think they might have played two of Buddy shots all day. I'm serious. Well, he hey. beat, He shot a 37 basically by himself. Props to Trev and George. Congratulations. Congratulations. Jeremiah, thanks for the invite. Hope you had a great time. Hope you had a great time. Can't wait to be there on your wedding day, brother. Moving on. Now, it's time for the staple of the Sip and Serve podcast. The listener questions and the question of the week. First, I'd like to give our sponsor a quick shout out, the Old Canal Smokehouse. The Smokehouse is known for the most unique craft beer selection, rare bourbons to go along with their amazing food. You can dine in, order takeout, or even have them cater your next event. You can visit them in their newly renovated space at 94 East Water Street in downtown Chillicothe. Thanks again to the Smokehouse. I'll tell you real quick. Uh, the family and I hit up Old Canal Smokehouse there. It's it's probably the first time in about a year or so since we've been there. I uh, took my, my dad there for father, a little Father's Day get-together. I got the pulled brisket. With the mac and cheese, oh my gosh, dude. I mean, number one, they just give you a, an incredible amount of food. I couldn't even eat all of it. I mean, some of it's still in the fridge, leftovers, and I'm just feasting on that, you know. But it was just unbelievable. With the, with the, they got two different kinds of barbecue sauce, a sweet and a, like a little bit more spicy, and it's just unreal. And they got a they got an incredible beer selection. Great, I, was about, I was about to ask you, did you dig into the beer selection? Yeah, I mean, we just went with some domestics, but I mean, they they had a nice beer selection. They had a, they had a great bourbon list, great bourbon list. So yeah, man, shout out to Old Canal Smokehouse. Shout out Corey with the K. What we got? First questions from Zach. If you played a professional sport and had to choose an intro song, what would it be? Let me hop on this one. Um, this is something that I've probably been thinking about since I was eight, nine years old, going to the Chillicothe Paints games. Uh, for those of you that aren't in our area, that's just, just they're a semi-pro. Um, well, they used to be a semi-pro baseball team, just, you know, uh, similar to like a single A, I guess you would say. Uh, now they've kind of evolved. Now they're like a college, a college summer league. But anyway, 
every player on their team before they got announced, you know, they'd all have walk-up music as they were entering the batter's box, and I just thought that was just the coolest thing ever. I mean, you see, you see the same thing if you go to a major league game, but like I always thought, you know, if I was a, if I was a player, if I was a professional, what would my walk-up music be? And it's you know, it's changed to all kinds of different songs over the years, but I think right now, I would have to either go with a Led Zeppelin song. Or with an ACDC song. The Led Zeppelin song, I'm, I'm one or the other. The Led Zeppelin song, it's called Immigrant Song. You ever, you familiar with that? No, sir. You ever heard of it? I mean, the beginning's pretty sweet. I'd probably know it if I heard it. Okay, well, take, take a list and see if you recognize this. See? Yeah, yeah. I've heard this. Okay. I like and then, it. And then you got the screaming coming in from the background. Yeah, 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 I'm down with this. I don't know something about that. So that would that would be one, and then my other would be. I'm sure you've heard this one because it's pretty. It's one of the more popular ACDC songs, but uh, I just like the intro. It just it hits. So you know it's a little slower, but it. I just like it, man. I it mean, gets you in the mind to hit a yeah. baseball out of the park. Let's for go the, for it. For those about to rock, you know, um, it comes in slow. I remember being back in college and I had my summer job. That would be the song I listened to on my drive to work on Fridays because it was just like about to be the weekend. It was go time for those about to rock ACDC. So those, you know, one or the other, if I was a pretty good player, maybe I could sweet talk to press box into like alternating every other at bat between those two. Oh, I'm sure you could. Easy. So, yeah, I mean, th- those would be probably my go-tos. What about you, Rolski? You know, when I thought about this question, I seen it in our DMs on Twitter. I started rocking my mind right away. This question jumped to me, kind of like it did to you, DG. You know, as kids, you know, I was I was mainly into basketball as a kid. So I'm thinking about running out onto the court. But I don't I, in an NBA game, like a pro basketball game, they're they're you're not really paying attention to the music they're coming out to. You know, you're looking at all the players like, oh man, that's LeBron, man, that's Kobe. You're not listening to the music. So I fanned back to the baseball when you got Cincinnati Reds game, you're coming up to bat. So I thought, what would I want my walk up song to be? It might sound a little cliche, but give it a listen. Just to let you listeners know, I'm getting chills right now. I'm getting chills. Alright, how did I know? How did I know? That would be my walk-up song. Now, Kid Rock, he's got a special place in my heart. So I said it was going to be a little cliche, but Ball with the Ball does something to me, man. It does something to me. When I see him in concert, I go crazy. I love it. It's probably my favorite song. And I don't know. Like I said, it gave me chills just listening to it right there. So, Zach, I hope we answered your question good for you, brother. Next question, Corey the K. Next question's from Preston. If you could pick any three people to have dinner with, past or present, who would it be? 
I'm going to go. Go. I'm going to go. So, once again, I'm a big Lakers guy. So, I'm going to sit down with Phil Jackson, Shaquille O'Neal, and Kobe Bryant. I want to sit down with them three. All three. All three. They says It says choose any three people. Sure. I want to sit down with them three. Dinner, maybe a bourbon, neat, whatever they like. <laughs> I want to get I want to get I want to get in their heads. I want to figure out why it didn't work out. Cuz dude, Shaq and Kobe, you can say what you want about MJ and Pippen, LeBron and D-Wade. Say what you want, but I believe truly in my heart, not just cuz I'm a Lakers guy. If Shaq and Kobe would have figured it out, settled their differences, they could have won six championships just like Jordan and Pippen did. No doubt in my mind. They won they won three in a row. Three in a row. Just think what could have been if they, them three, with Phil Jackson as their coach, could have worked out. So if I had to pick any three, I'm getting in their heads. I want to, I want to figure it out. I mean, why couldn't you two guys, two of the best players in the NBA, just work it out? Yeah. Work together. They're just too hard-headed, man. Yeah. Both of them. So that's my answer, Preston. Just as a little sidebar. I'm guessing. What do you think Shaq drinks with dinner? If he's if he's drinking alcohol, what do you think he's drinking with a steak dinner? Twenty four ounce, but heavy. That that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> the diesel, Shaq diesel, right? <laughs> yeah. He's going to be drinking diesels yeah. with his steak. Twenty four ounce Budweiser. That's what I was thinking. He can't have a can because you wouldn't be able to see it in his hand. <laughs> he's got to have the twenty four ouncer. Yeah, yeah. He's he's. It's going to be something tall. But I went with bourbon because I think Phil's a bourbon guy. I really do. I can see that. He looks like a bourbon guy. He's a bourbon guy, maybe a wine guy. I can see him drinking Kobe's wine. Kobe's a wine guy. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that too. Yeah. Man, a lot of those NBA guys drink wine. Oh, LeBron like loves a, wine. They got like a whole yeah. wine club going. Oh, yeah. Yeah. LeBron and CP3, they love wine. Yeah. Good stuff. So, my number one is going to be Jesus Christ. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he's, that's my number one. Number two, remember we, we, uh, we had that question of the week. I think, I don't know if it was the last one. It was the wrestler question, what yeah. kind of wrestler. Yeah. And I s- talked a little bit about how big of a fan of ancient Sparta I was. King Leonidas is going to be my number two. Okay. It's big probably, like if me, if me and him were sitting down to dinner, it's probably just going to be bread and wine. I mean, it's going to be pretty pretty bare because that's how the Spartans were. But yeah, King, Le- King Leonidas is going to be my number two. And my number three is going to be Chris Holtman. Coach of the Ohio State Buckeyes men's basketball team, just because I just would love to pick his brain about his coaching coaching style and just what he knows. Because man, I feel like that dude knows what he's doing. So pretty basic, but there you go. All right, next question. Next question is from Daniel. Do you pee in the shower? Um, I mean to be honest, I don't. I don't pee in the shower unless I absolutely have to. I know there's a lot of people out there that do pee in the shower. Like if you, if, if they just got to pee, they'll pee. But if I got to pee, I'm going to hold it until I dry off, get some clothes on. Then I'm going to pee. I'm not one of the guys who just let it go free in the shower. Yeah. So, and you know, I don't know why, but me and my buddy, buddy, were talking about this the other day. And he told me if you ever have athletes foot, just pee on your feet in the shower. It'll clear it up. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know. 
I'm not going to do it, but he says it works. Hey, while, you know, this is kind of off topic, but I've heard that some Major League Baseball players that don't use, don't wear batting gloves, they pee on their hands to toughen up their skin. Just, I don't know. I don't know if there's any truth to that. Well, I've heard that before. He's got some kind of effect on the skin. Can we can we just say that? I, I agree with you there. All right. That's you fair. pee in the shower? No, I don't. I'm not allowed. Um, the uh, the member of my household that cleans the shower told me I wasn't allowed, so I no, I don't copy that. So we're on the same page. Neither yep. of us pee in the shower. Yeah. All right. All right. Next question is from Austin. If you were fighting all fifty people with no weapons, but could use could choose any one animal to help you, which animal are you choosing? Well, here we are with Austin's question, and here we are again fighting things off. Yeah. Okay. Well, I feel like was it two weeks ago? That we had a question about what animal you would choose if you were, if you're townless. If you're like riding into battle. Okay. So this is, this is, it's not the same question, but you know. Similar. We're not riding on this animal. This animal is running beside us and we're trying to fight off 50 people. So it's different. I'm not riding this animal. No. I need an animal that can go in there and tear something up. You, your animal is basically your weapon. Exactly. I need something that is fierce, something that is the king of the jungle. The lion. The lion Atta king. Boy. Atta boy. I'm, I'm taking a lion in there. Think about what a lion does on its own. It's tearing animals up left and right. Think about what it can do to a human no. that don't run fast like animals do. I mean, you ever, seen a, you ever seen a lion run down a gazelle in the wild? Oh, yeah. That's oh, what I'm man, talking about. Awesome. I mean, they're, they're fast. Yeah. They're quick. They're fierce. There's no human out running a lion. I don't care if there's 50 of them. All that lion's got to do is claw one guy to the chest, tear him wide open, he's done. On to the next. So, I'm taking a lion. What do you think? Well, I with that last, that whatever question that was, I was riding a lion into battle okay. because of the intimidation factor. Yeah, I was, riding, I was riding an elephant. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. African so, elephant. But for this question, I'm going to go a little different route. I'm going with the animal responsible for more human deaths per year than any other. Can I guess? Go ahead. Can I guess? I got my hand up. Yeah. Is it? Okay, I got two guesses. One, is it a hippopotamus? Hippopotamus. Okay, I was going to say a crocodile. Freshwater crocodile next. Dude, I... I almost picked that. I almost picked it. Hippos kill... Yes. Like, on rec... In recent years, hippos will kill over 500 people a year. They are crazy territorial. They got some sharp teeth. They're heavy. Dude, one of them things sits on you. Forget it. Their jaw is so yeah. strong. Yeah. Oh. They're, I don't know. If When I think hippo, I think Fiona. Like the little hippo that down at Cincinnati Zoo. Yeah, I got you. That everybody thinks is so cute. Or like hungry, hungry hippos. The, board, the game. The game. Like you played when you were a little yeah. kid. Yeah. Dude, if you would like Google image search violent hippos or hippo attacks it'll you'll have a completely different perspective on how vicious hippos can be yeah like so, i said that was my second pick was a hippo yeah so i'll take a hippo all right hippo and the lion all right last question before question of the week is from brandon would you rather be able to have a conversation with animals or be able to speak every language. I'm gonna hop on this one. I don't really like animals. I know that's probably not a popular, uh, popular perspective to take, but I don't know. 
Yeah, it's, uh, it's really not. You're probably going to catch some backlash from the listeners that's on That's fine. One. It's whatever. Oh. We had a cat growing up. I wasn't all that close with it. It was more for catching mice. We never really could keep a dog. We tried a few times, but it just never worked out. Animals, yeah, take them or leave them. But, uh, so, yeah, I'm going to speak every language. That would be cool. Monk's not going to be happy with you. That's fine. I mean, I you know, I respect animal people. Everybody's got their own opinion. I respect Dog people, cat people, raccoon people. I respect your opinion. Whatever you like. Being honest. Whatever you like. I respect it, but just me personally, I'm not a big animal fan. Fair enough. I'm going to speak every language because, you know, you you go abroad, you travel, you go to Spain, you go to France, you go to Russia, you go to China, wherever. I mean, you can communicate with everybody. How cool would that be? Or even if you go to New York City, you know, someplace where it's really diverse and you got all these different... All these different cultures, all these different languages, all these different nationalities, ethnicities walking around. It'd be cool to be able to communicate with everybody. So I'll speak every language. I got you. I got you. Good answer, dude. But my side of this answer, I'm going to branch off what you just said. I'm I'm not a big traveler. Like I said, if I'm going on vacation, one, I'm either going to a beach, United States, the farthest I've been is Dominican Republic. I'm not going far away from home or I'm going to the lake. Those are my vacations. So I'm, I don't need to speak, speak every language. So that's really not going to help me at all. So I'm going to say this answer is pretty easy. I'm going to go animals. Okay. So if you were, say you had a pet dog, I've had dogs growing up all my life. Just think like if you're sitting here playing Xbox or something in your man cave, and your dog sitting over here on the futon, and you're over here cussing at Call of Duty or something, that dog just starts laughing. He goes, dude, you suck. You suck. (laughs) Just think if your dog could talk to you. Or like, say you're you're drinking with the boys, like we're having a card night or something, and the dog's sitting over, just sitting right here, just barking at all of us. Levi's over here cussing, putting his card on his head like he always does. Pocket aces. Pocket aces. (laughs) Barney's over here cussing at him like you ain't got pocket aces, you're full of shit. <laughs> I mean, just think about it, man. That would be cool. That would be cool. But the thing I think we could go wrong with that is people. I think people would go like they would have problems in their head, man. Like they wouldn't have friends. You yeah. know. Well, I mean, I know people, right? Like we don't we don't know what animals can say. We don't speak yeah. their their language. But like I know people who have. Pets, dogs, cats who treat them like kids. Oh, yeah. Who treat them like their best friends. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, yeah. My dad's one of them. But anyway, just think, like, if you, if you say you were a, a person that likes to stay home, you're lonely, you don't have many friends, and you just, all the only friends you had was your pet parakeet and your dog. Those are the only two things you ever talked to your whole life. Just think about, like, what would go through their head, like, these are my best friends, you want to meet them? And you walk in their house and it's his dog and his parakeet. Yeah, it would be weird, but it could it'd be weird, but also it could be a great thing. I think it could, but it could also like that that crazy cat lady with all the cats. Yeah, like that's she, what I'm saying. She, they could go crazy. What? She'd never leave her house. No, never. Why? Why, Why would, would you? you? Maybe go to a grocery store, get cat food, get some get some cat food, get some bread, some milk, come right back and talk to your cats all day long. Get you know little, what I mean? Little cat nip. Yeah. Anyways, Brandon, great question. I'm going with animals. You're going to always know when they're hungry. You're going to know when they're thirsty. You got to know when they use the bathroom. When, when, when they got to go outside. Yeah. They could be your best friend if you need them to be. All right. That'll do it for the questions this week. Now, this is for the question of the week. 
coming to you live from the Sip and Serve studio. Walters, hit the music. Listeners, on your feet, it's time for the question of the week. Brought to you by the Old Canal Smokehouse. For the second week in a row, we got a first-timer standing tall at the top. He goes by the name of Brian. If you had to choose one friend to survive with for seven days in the wilderness, who would it be and why? Here's the scenario. You went on a walk and you got lost. You have nothing besides a pocket knife in your pocket. And for you, Rolski, a six-pack of beer to go. <laughs> I like that, Brian. Thank I did, you. I, I did, too. I like that he added that. You got you got this one? Yeah, I'm going to take it first. Um <clears throat> So when I think of being, you know, being in the wild and just trying to sur- being in survival mode for seven days, I want somebody who is resourceful, somebody who's used to being in the woods, somebody who is comfortable being in that that environment, and also somebody who is gritty. You know what I mean? Like somebody who, it's if it's survival conditions, I don't want some little ninny out there with me. Like I want somebody who times are getting tough then they're going to get tough you know what i mean i got you and and honestly you're saying the same thing that i had in mind yeah we're looking for the same type of person same guy so let's answer this together or girl i want somebody like you said i want somebody who's done this before yeah i want somebody who does this for fun who goes on a trip stays in the woods for a weekend with nothing besides a backpack and maybe a few matches to light a fire yeah but these guys i want somebody who can light a fire without matches yeah that knows what they're doing yep so do you have anybody in mind i mean i mean yeah so i got a buddy uh goes by the name of drew he he basically grew up in the woods he was you know his dad his dad took him hunting from the time he was old enough to stand you know what i mean he's mostly he's not so much of like a um what's the word i'm looking for he's not so much of a like survivalist but he he enjoys being in the woods, you know what I mean? He that's his that's his refuge. That's where he feels comfortable. He he feels comfortable in that environment. Now typically he's out there hunting, you know, turkeys, deer, birds, ducks, whatever, but but that's one reason I would want him with me. Sounds like he could be your food source. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, even without Yeah, a pocket knife. Yeah. He could do it. Definitely. Rabbits, whatever. Yeah, he could do it. He could probably trap some stuff, you know, set up some snares, whatever. Oh, yeah. More stuff than I know how to do. But the other thing I like about Drew is we go to the same gym. We both go to this CrossFit gym, and some of those workouts get tough, man. Like, they test you physically, but they test you mentally, too. And one of the reasons I really like him is because when workouts get really, really tough and everybody else has quit or feels like quitting, this dude just bears down. And he's just an animal. And that's what I like about him. He's gritty that way. So we're out there and we're in a survival situation. Times are getting tough and things are getting tight. And, you know, we're tired and we're, you know, our energy's down and we're looking for something. You know, we're looking for food or we're looking for fire or water or whatever it is. Like, he's going to be the one to say, 
let's go. Bring it on. You know what I mean? And that's that's the type of guy I want by my side in a situation like this. Great answer. Great answer. When I first seen this, I had two guys pop right into my head right away. One of them is my best friend. My buddy, buddy. Okay. Boy's always in the woods. The reason, the reason being is because, like you said, I want somebody who's always out there and is used to being in the environment. This kid lives in the woods. That's what he does for fun. He rides his four-wheelers back in the woods and just takes walks for fun. And they always take a trip to Canada with his father and his family. And they go out on a canoe with backpacks on. They get dropped off for like a week. They're surviving with tents. I mean, of course, they probably take food with them, but I know he knows what he's doing in the environment. He could start a fire. He could, he could, uh, he could find some food. He knows what to eat and what not to eat. I'm sure his dad's taught him that, you know, what, what kind of plants you could eat if you needed to. Um, the only problem with my buddy, buddy is I think when we got out there, he would lose it. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I could trust him. You know, I think he would just, he would just get nervous and he would lose it. But, and I'd probably be out looking for food and I could catch him on the creek skipping rocks or something. Yeah. Like, he's always looking for some kind of activity to get into. And I'd, I just don't know if he could, if I could trust him with my life in the woods for seven days. I got you. I don't I know you. if I could trust him. Yeah, you can't. It's not a situation where you can just jump on your side by side and head back to no. the house. No, you know no, I mean? no, no. Nobody knows you're out there. No. Nobody's, nobody's coming to look for you. Like, it's up to you guys. Exactly. Just the two of you. Yeah. So, I wanted to pick him, but I don't. I couldn't trust him with my life. I just couldn't. I love him to death, but I just couldn't trust him. <laughs> so, I, wonder, I wonder what he's going to think hearing that. Uh, well, he, he'll probably say the same thing. He, he goes, yeah, he I agree wouldn't, with you? Yeah, he said, I probably wouldn't trust me either. His dad's, his dad's a survivalist. Yeah. Anyway, the other person is my cousin. Okay. The same person who asked this question, Brian. I'm taking him with me. Okay. If I could spend seven days in the wilderness with anybody, it'd be him. Dude, he goes on these trips. They go on these trips. They go out to Kentucky, West Virginia. They pack up these trails. They hike miles into the woods for fun with backpacks, water strapped to their back, small tents, actually hammocks, I believe. They filter water out of the creek. This guy knows what he's doing. He knows what to eat. He knows what to do. he knows how to survive. Yeah. So he asked this question for a reason. And you know what? I'm picking him. Because he does it for fun. He knows what he's doing. I don't go out to the woods and sleep for fun, man. Not at all. Not many of us do. No. So if this guy, I know he does it. I know he does it well. So I'm gonna trust him for seven days in the wilderness. Wookie. I hope you're ready because that six pack of beer is not going to last long for me and I'm going to get grumpy. So <laughs> your life, my life is in your hands, you bro. You better be on point. Before we end the show tonight, I want to introduce a new feature we're going to be having starting episode seven. And if we don't have enough, we will start it on episode eight. We're going to call it the Sip and Serve Hotline. The Sip and Serve Hotline. Call us, leave us a voicemail, ask us a question. Or just tell us what you think about the show. Me and DG will talk about it. Our number is 740-720-3537. Call us up, people. We'd like to hear from you. What was that number one more time, Rolski? 740-720-3537. Hit it up. Hit it up. We'll have a nice little greeting ready for you guys. 
leave your message at the tone. All right, that'll do it for us. That's another episode of the Sip and Serve podcast. Hope you all enjoyed listening. Don't forget to rate us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Sip and Serve Pod and like us on Facebook. Our email is sipandservepod at gmail.com. Send in those questions and voicemails for episode seven. For the first week we do these voicemails, we will be handing out a $20 gift card to the Old Canal Smokehouse for the best voicemail on episode seven or eight. Send them in, people. As always, thank you for your support, everybody. Be good to each other out there. I'm DG. I'm just along for the ride. To Old Canal Smokehouse, thanks for the gift cards. These people will enjoy them. I'm Rolski. Stay hot, stay safe, and we'll catch you on the next episode of the Sip and Serve podcast.